Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to have you with us. If we haven't met before, my name is Stu. Thank you so much for joining us today. And can I invite you all to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. I want to do something slightly differently today. In corporate prayer this week, myself and Lauren, we led our community through a series of prayers, reflections, and songs that created space for us to be really open with Jesus right now, really open with what we are facing. It created space for him to be able to minister to us and also to fill each of us with hope. And we felt it would be really helpful for us to do something similar today for you, our entire community at Lagan Valley Vineyard. And so in a few minutes, we're going to work through this together. It's going to be pretty interactive. We're going to invite you in your home with your family to join with us as we worship, as we pray, and as we reflect. But what I want to do just at the very start is I want to frame all that we're going to do by looking at a moment from the life of Jesus A moment that is often overlooked, but a moment that I think is really, really timely for right now. So open your Bible to Matthew chapter 14. Up to this point, Jesus has been teaching and demonstrating the nearness of the upside-down kingdom. He's been performing supernatural miracles, and he's begun to sense some opposition from religious leaders. There is lots of momentum that is behind Jesus' ministry right now. There's a real sense of excitement as it is building up through this gospel account. But some scholars reckon that Matthew 14 is like the pivot point of his gospel. Because whenever we come across Matthew chapter 14, we find a moment that's both a flashback to the beginning of Jesus' story, but also a foretaste of what is to come. And I don't have time to get into all of the detail of this text today, but in Matthew 14, we read of John the Baptist, the lifelong friend of Jesus, the one whose stories and ministry stories are just interwoven together. But John has been arrested by King Herod, and he's been standing up to him. He's been calling out the king for a moral failure. Herod wanted his brother's wife, and so as John called him out for this, Herod throws John into prison. And then there's this weird moment in Matthew 14 where Herod's wife, Herodas, the woman Herod was in this unlawful relationship with, and her daughter performs this dance at Herod's birthday celebrations. And Herod loved it so much that he gave an oath to give to the daughter anything that she wanted. And so her mother asked for a beheading, the beheading of John the Baptist, John who died brutally in prison at the hands of a corrupt empire. In verse 12 of Matthew 14, we read this, John's disciples came and they took his body and they buried it. And then they went and told Jesus. This awful moment It tees up what is going to be a major thread of the second half of Matthew's gospel as we focus on the suffering servant Jesus who dies ultimately at the hands of an evil executing empire. Whenever Jesus faces this heartbreaking news, the death of the one whom he loves, with a recognition also of everything that he is going to face himself, Whenever he's faced with such hardship, what does Jesus do about it? 
Well, after hearing from John's disciples in verse 12, we read this in verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened with John, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. If you're familiar with Jesus' story, you'll hear echoes from other moments in his life. You look back at the moment that we've been talking about a lot recently in this community, whenever Jesus, at the start of his ministry, went into the wilderness for 40 days, the wilderness being a place of preparation, a place of formation, and also a place of transition. It's a space that we find ourselves in today. And throughout Jesus' ministry, we find him retreating into these wilderness moments, places of solitude. And why? Because he wanted to be with the Father. Whenever Jesus faced hard things, he went to be with the Father. He retreated. And on the night before Jesus died, we get a bit of a snapshot of what happened in that solitary space. Jesus takes three of his disciples to a garden, and he asks them to keep watch for a while. And in Matthew 26, Jesus retreats even further into the garden, and we read of him sorrowful, overwhelmed to the point of death. And he cries out to the Father, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Take it away from me, Father. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. In the solitary space, this intimate place between Father and Son, we see two things going on. Firstly, we see the human honest Jesus, being raw and real with his father, laying out his fears, his heartache, and he really doesn't hold back. This is the way that Jesus approached his father, and so can we also. One of my favorite stories is a story of a young apprentice monk who asked his elder monk a question. He asked, do you still wrestle with the devil, father? To which the elder monk responded, not any longer, my child. I've grown old now, and he too is old. He doesn't have the strength anymore, but now I wrestle with God. Whether it's Jacob wrestling with God, whether it's David penning psalms of raw lament, whether it's the exiles longing to return home, or whether it's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see that faced with hard things, it is entirely appropriate, biblical, and Christ-like to be honest with the Father with what we are facing. Right now, let's be honest. We talk often in this community about developing a friendship with Jesus. But whenever it comes to friendship, we've got to notice that with intimacy and friendship comes a sense of boldness. When two old friends who have been through some stuff together, whenever they get together for a while, there's a sense of boldness in their conversation. I got to spend some time with my best friend last Sunday and his two kids in Wallace Park. And in our conversation, there was no holding back. Our conversation was laced with honesty, with reality, with unfiltered thought. I didn't need to hold anything back from Thomas. I could just lay it all out for him. Boldness is the height of intimate, mature friendship. And that is definitely the case whenever it comes with Jesus. Immature thinking comes from living into the subtle lie that Jesus is only concerned with our breakthroughs, when in fact he wants in on all of the process too. 
And so with our unresolved stories, we can find ourselves suppressing our true emotions, pretending that everything is okay. But it doesn't have to be that way. In 2020, we have faced unideal things at best, but heartbreaking things at worst. And yet for the disciple of Jesus, there is only one way to respond this year, and it's by praying. In the presence of a loving and listening Lord, we can lay our hearts completely out before him. We can learn to pray what's actually inside of us and not what we think God would like to see inside of us. We can maturely come to see that every single aspect of the human experience is a valid entry point into bold and intimate prayer. Faced with hard things, Jesus was open and unafraid with the Father. There is a boldness in their relationship. But secondly, in the approach of Jesus with his Father in the solitary space, we see a second thing take place. Even in the midst of hard things, Jesus keeps going. Because of his honesty with the Father, Jesus is able to look ahead to hardship, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, even with what faced him the day after, and he is able to say, yet not as I will, but as you will, Lord. Here we see trust and open-handedness. We see surrender and we see commitment. If there was a word for us as followers of the way right now, it would be the word endurance. I've been praying a lot for you, our entire community at Lagan Valley Vineyard, um, from a verse from Paul's letter to Timothy. And I've prayed using Paul's words that we would continue to pursue righteousness in these days, godliness, faith, love, gentleness, but more than anything, as Paul writes, endurance, the ability to keep on going. Endurance with the Lord, it begins with our true honesty, and it leads us towards hope. As Paul would later go on to say to Timothy, here's a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Faced with hardship, Jesus shows us a way that doesn't get cynical, that doesn't get angry, that doesn't get distracted or doubts, a way that doesn't allow our hearts to get hard. Instead, he shows us how we keep on going by allowing our hearts cry to be, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. We see this after John's beheading in Matthew 14. Jesus is in the solitary place in verse 13. No doubt he is doing business with the Father. He is processing all that has happened. He is directing his hearts towards his Father. But while all of this is happening, a crowd chases him down. And Jesus, well, even though his heart is breaking, he keeps on going. He has compassion on the crowd. He heals the sick and he feeds thousands. He endures he is centered on the work of the kingdom beyond anything else. This moment of hardship, it's not a moment for us to be self-absorbed, but instead to be surrendered. This is the moment where we are to pour ourselves out in compassionate, supernatural kingdom love, seeing the Spirit multiply the little that we're able to offer. If I were to describe 2020, 
it would be this. Flipping COVID, am I right? Frustrated by this year. This year has been annoying. We're angry about this year, and yet we're filled with so many questions. We're having to cling so tightly. What does England's lockdown mean for us right now? What does the future hold? We're just clinging on. The rug has been pulled from our feet this year. We've been left disappointed and discouraged, and we're just clenching our fists. We're just soldiering on through right now, trying to avoid any more hurt or hardship. We try to keep the hurt suppressed. We try to distract ourselves away from it. We just try to be good Northern Irish people and just power on through. But this is exhausting, isn't it? Jesus, though, He shows us a better, more mature, more godly, and more human way to live. What would it look like, friends, for us to move from this to this? To be open with the Father about what's going on and yet open to His way, to His love, to His kingdom. To be open to the invitation to keep on going with open-handed, compassionate, supernatural ministry. What would it look like for us to move beyond the hardness, soldiering on through and to open ourselves up and for our lives to resound with not my will? but yours be done, Lord. Tom, Alex, and the guys, come on up. So in these next few moments, I want to create some space for you and for those that you're with right now in your home to join Jesus in the solitary space, to enter into a place of honesty, a place of healing, but also a place of hope. And so we're going to pray We're going to confess some things and we're going to worship together and I want you to join in with me. And this may not come easy right now and I get it. It might bring up some emotion. It might feel a little bit awkward. It might be a bit uncomfortable, but that is okay because trust me, it is so much better to live the Christ life in the Christ way than to try to distract ourselves and soldier on through with what is going on. Let's be raw and real with him, with the hardships that we are facing right now, the weights that you are carrying, the frustrations that you have, the laments, the things that you are carrying with you. And in the presence of a loving, listening Lord, may we be open to hope and to faith and conviction rising within us once again. So I want to begin by praying a prayer together. It's a prayer that's going to appear on your screens right now. And you'll notice towards the end of this prayer, there is the invitation for us to confess and present our fears and disappointments before Jesus. And I want you to do that. I want you to do that right now, to take a few moments to bring your fears and your disappointments and to boldly present them towards Jesus, your familiar friend in prayer. Don't hold back. Be honest. And as you do, may you experience grace. So in your home right now, take a few moments. Silently pray this prayer that is on your screen. And once you come to the end, take a few moments just 
to have a conversation with Jesus, an open and unafraid conversation. Confess your fears, present your disappointments, and then I'll lead us in a few moments' time. words of Psalm 42. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. It's important for us to remember that Jesus is the only one who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, the one who is present everywhere. And yet we can find ourselves so often thinking that we need to be a savior and that we need to be a God. We need to try to manage life right now. We can end up thinking that we need to be a fix-it-all, a know-it-all, and we need to be everywhere for everyone. But that is for him and not for us. If you have been clinging on really tightly in these days, trying to keep control with work or with family or with finances or even your future, but you're beginning to see once again that Jesus is the only one who is Savior and God. If you've been focusing so much on yourself and not placing your attention and your affection upon him, can I invite you in your home right now to open up your hands and to take a moment to confess by simply confessing this simple prayer. Jesus, you are Lord and I am not. If you've been clinging on too tightly, take a moment and confess that together.
and with your hands still open, I want to invite you to pray aloud this prayer. I know it might be a bit awkward to pray aloud prayers in your home if there's other people there, but can I encourage you to pray this prayer out loud in your home? The second prayer is going to appear on your screen, and let's pray this prayer together. Savior and God, in these dark and difficult times, grant me grace to seek your face with undiminished love. Replenish my reserves, for the road is long. Surprise me with glimpses of your goodness, hints of your holiness, and a song of hope in this very strange land. Savior and God, I place my hope in you alone. Not my will, but yours be done. Amen and amen. And as a symbol of no longer just sitting with our own sense of disappointment, but actually changing our posture to stand on the firm foundation of Jesus, can I invite you right now to stand with us as we come to worship? Because even in the midst of hard things, whenever our heart cries out, why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? The appropriate response is worship. Even though we may not feel like it, this is a moment for us to command our souls to bless the Lord. May we put our hope in God, for we will yet praise Him, for He is our Savior and our God. So in this moment, let's worship, let's sing aloud in our homes, let's keep our hearts and our hands open to Him, open to the presence of Jesus, who draws us closer and closer into His loving embrace. Let's worship our Lord and Savior together. over the entirety of our lives and recognize once again the faithfulness and the devotion of Jesus. I want to invite you to stay in this space and to pray with me for a few moments. I've been struck in recent days by a really familiar moment in the story of the prophet Jeremiah where he is led by the Lord to see a prophetic picture. He's taken to a potter's house and he sees a potter working this clay to show the relationship between God and Israel. The potter is molding it, he is forming it, and he is shaping it. And Jeremiah sees that God is the potter and we as his people are clay. We've said this many times over the past couple of months, but we are in a wilderness moment and the wilderness is a space for formation, a space for the Spirit to do a deep work of molding us and shaping us for the transition that is ahead of us. And this is a moment for us to listen to the Spirit, for us to look at our lives, the life of our family, and also the life of our church community, and to ask Jesus, what are you saying to us? What are you saying to us right now? What are you forming in and through us? How are you shaping us, directing us? What are you saying? Tom, Alex, and the guys are going to lead us in a song, but I want to invite you while they lead us to take a few moments in prayer, in prophetic 
creative, imaginative prayer and to ask the Spirit, what are you doing right now? What are you doing in me? What are you doing in the life of my family? What are you doing in the life of Lagan Valley Vineyard right now? And I want you to take a few moments just to listen, to pray, to ask, and also to articulate what you see him doing. If you're with your family right now, can I encourage you to take some time to be bold and to pray prophetically over your husband, your wife, your kids, what you see the Spirit forming in their life. Just speak it out. Take some time. Pray for our church community right now and prophetically speak out what you see the Lord doing in and through us. So go ahead. Begin to pray, begin to listen, dive right in, listen to what Jesus is saying and speak out what you sense him doing. Lord, would you speak right now because your servants are listening. So go ahead, begin to listen, begin to pray and to speak out what Jesus is doing. So whenever we look back all we see is the faithfulness of Jesus. Whenever we look at this present moment, we see an invitation to formation. But when we look ahead to the future, what do we see? Whenever Emma was joining corporate prayers on Tuesday morning over Zoom from our kitchen, she felt the Lord just speak one word over us as a community, and it was the word conviction. Conviction is a word that is full of commitment. It is a word that is full of devotion. It is a word that speaks of what Jesus did as he cried out, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. It is an invitation to live into the way of the kingdom and never leave it behind. Whenever we look ahead to a future full of conviction, a recognition that the way of Jesus is so much better than any other way. We can look into the future full of hope, recognizing that the Lord is leading us into good things because he is leading us into the way that is everlasting. I want you to do me a favor, particularly you parents, if your kids were watching party people um, about 45 minutes ago, can I invite you to get them and to bring them into the room with you? We're going to finish by singing one last song together, but I think it's so important to sing this song together as family. Can I invite you all, wherever you are, to stand with me as we come to worship as we recognize that the way of Jesus is the way that we have been invited into. It is a way that is so much better than any other way. And before we sing, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, my family. I want to pray for you, my community, my dear friends, my brothers and my sisters. So can I invite you to open up your hands as I pray for us? Lord Jesus, Thank you that you have invited us to adopt your way of living. And we recognize that your way is so much better. It is so much more human. It is so much more godly than any other way that we could come up with. Lord Jesus, we want to give ourselves over to your way once again, recognizing that you're doing something in us right now. You're forming us and shaping us into your likeness, into the kind of people who are able to stare anything in the face and say, not my will, but yours be done, Lord. Make us that kind of people, a community that endures, that perseveres, a people that is shaped by love, by joy, by peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Lead us in the way of your Spirit. Help us to walk in step with you, Spirit, we pray. Jesus, we love you above anyone else. We give our lives to you, and we are open to you right now. We are open to you. We're open to what you're wanting to do in us. We're open to your blessing. We're open to your love. We're open to your spirit. Come and meet us in our homes right now. As we worship, as we celebrate, as we receive, would you lead us and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name. I want you to sing this song in two ways. I want you to receive it. I want you to receive this blessing for you, for your family, for those that are around you right now. Regardless of how difficult this moment is, receive these words. May they bring life to you. But can I also encourage you, release these words. Do whatever you can, even within your spirit, to prophetically release these words over this community, over this valley, over this land, and over the world right now. Let's lead each other into the space of recognizing the goodness of God, the faithfulness of Jesus, and being really open to the blessing that the Spirit is wanting to pour out on us. So let's sing these words, let's receive them, and let's release them as a family. Let's worship together. If you're with your loved ones, just hold them as you pray this prayer over your family. And if you're by yourself right now, please know that we as the community of God are more family than you can even realize even right now. Let's pray this prayer of trust together. It's going to appear on your screen. Let's pray this. Abba. I surrender my will and my life to you without reservation and with humble confidence for you are my loving Father. Set me free from anxiety about tomorrow that I may find joy and delight simply and solely in you. May my inner freedom be a compelling sign of your presence, your peace, your power and your love. Let your plan for my life and the lives of all of your children gracefully unfold one day at a time. I love you with my whole heart and I place all of my trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Continue to pray, continue to pray by yourself, continue to pray for each other, continue to remain in that space of sincere, devoted faith. If you'd like us to pray for you, the details about all of that are gonna appear on the screen in just a few moments. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for journeying along with us this morning. We are here for you. And if there's anything that we can do to help, please don't hesitate to get in contact with us. And may you, each of you, live the Christ life in the Christ way this week. In honesty and in hope, may you be met always with love. And may your life be shaped by his will. May you this week live open and unafraid. Grace and peace to you all. We'll see you soon.